fucks up everything, or should we say, Waza! Because it was 90s night in St. Louis last night. The Blues had two tubular wins this week, and we're ready to give you the 411 on all that in a bag of chips. Not, but seriously, we will actually do that. And then we'll also touch on Mike Babcock's firing and Garnet Hathaway's Magic Loogie on this loaded episode. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the, I don't know, 103rd episode of the Two Guys, One Cup I don't know. You could say. It is Thursday, Friday, November 22nd. Just say all the days of the week, Stephen. We'll get one. (laughs) And we are pleased to be joining you. Uh, I am joining you from Central Perk Cafe in an undisclosed part of Manhattan. And Ian, I believe, is joining us from the dark cabin where Mike Babcock is chucking axes at pictures of Kyle <laughs> Dubas's head. Uh, Ian, how is it out there with Babsy and the gang? I believe he's been doing this for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, this is not a post-fire. Yeah, this is just this his is thing. Just his life. <laughs> Stress relief. That's natural. Don't we they, should all do it. Don't they call him old, old wood face or something, Some right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. Because, I think we're 100% it's right. It's, it's old wood face. Wood, <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. And uh, before we get started with games, we were going to launch right into games. But I have a little quiz for you. And I, it's oh. not a torturous. I don't well, think it's Well, folks, it's been, a fun, just, it's been a fun 103 episodes. Just, <laughs> Steve will be joined next <laughs> week by Don Cherry, his new co-host. Oh, God. Oh. Um... We have, uh, earlier this week, you may or may not have heard, Henrik Lundqvist appropriately tied Curtis Joseph, whom we'll talk about in passing at least mm-hmm. later in the week, uh, later in the episode, for uh, fifth on the all-time list of goalie wins with his 454th win. Wow. The Rangers play a back-to-back this weekend against the Senators and someone else, and presumably Lundqvist will start one of those and maybe... Uh, secure fifth place for himself. Uh, so I just thought I'd write down the top, uh, well, 11 goalies, mm-hmm. because now you know two of them, um, But and just uh, see how many of them you could name quickly. Of the top, uh, well, it would be the nine that aren't Henrik Lundqvist or okay. Curtis Joseph in the top all time. And okay. I, think, okay. I think you'll do pretty well. I really do. Think Give me a number. Well. Give me a number. How many do you think? Uh, I think you'll get six or seven. Six or seven. All right. Several several former blues okay. on the list. There's okay. a little tip for you. Okay. So you got Martin Broder. That's number one. You've how got... many wins do you think he had? I won't do that with everybody because that's just a dick move. But how far? Lundqvist, how many? What did Lundqvist have at five? Four sixty something. Four fifty four. Four fifty four. Five twenty. 
Uh, uh, 600. Holy shit. And 91. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Doesn't even make sense. I should have I I guessed higher, because not only did he play as long as Lundquist has been playing, uh, but he also like was on but, teams that won like 60 games a season. I love how many people will be like, yeah, but he was really a system goalie, though. It's like, who cares? Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, so Martin Brodeur is okay. number one, yes. Then you got Patrick Waugh. Number two, 551. He's a full 140 wow. behind. Oh, uh, okay. Martin. This is the problem where I'm like, okay, and that's that. Um, <laughs> a lot of these are recent. I'll give you I'll give you this, Coy. There's one other active guy. One other active guy. And another recent retiree. Man, who's old as piss? <laughs> In this league, I'm kind of surprised that the active guy is as high as he is. But oh, Roberto Longo, he's the recent retiree. retiree. I knew he's that number much. three at okay. 489. Really? So the jump even between two and three is pretty sizable. Hmm. Current, 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 current. I don't know. I'm gonna have to keep going down the list of yeah, people that he's I farther think down. Of. So, so Domin- so far Dominic you've got Kashik? He is not on the list, Whoa. actually. Yeah, I I'm guess just naming goals. Just for crappy teams. Yeah. <laughs> so far, you've got Brodeur, Raw, Luongo. Mm-hmm. Those are one, two, and three. Damn. So you're doing good. And then you have Joseph and Lundquist are tied at five. Mm-hmm. So you're missing four and then everybody behind them. Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of this guy's name? Former Blue. First hot second. That That's played. true. He's just one of them. That played for the Oilers for a while. Oh, that's not one. No? No. Okay. I can't even think of his name anyways. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't think of Grant Fuhrer's name. I don't know. I don't know, like, historical goalies, and then you're going to tell me all these, and I'm going to be so angry, because I'll be like, well, of course I knew those guys. (laughs) Well, duh, Stephen, obviously. Uh, You want to start getting some clues? Yeah. One of them is a longtime Dallas star. I believe. Oh, Ed Belfour? Is yes. he on there? Okay. Well, I guess he was a longer time Chicago. Yeah, Bible, yeah. So that'll teach me. But that's um, I knew him as a star. He is. Up. He is number four, four eighty four, number four. Okay. Uh, then you've got Joseph and Lundquist. The now's the active one. He's right behind Lundquist, and also has uh, more Stanley Cups than him. That could be anyone. <laughs> 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 um, oh man, now I'm going through like every. Well, here, here's the head. clue, though. He's got Stanley Cups, but he has cost his team more Stanley Cups. Oh, than he's sorry. Won. Okay, yeah, flurry. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Because I that's forget he's old. Definitely true. Yeah, but I don't think he is that old. Like, is he as old as Lundqvist? He can't be. He was drafted first overall. Yeah, was he a goalie that started playing young? Like, I he mean, played be. in the yeah, NHL young. If he got drafted first I mean, he's overall, almost he had to thirty-five. Have been. So he's old, but he's. Started in 03, I'm ashamed. 04. I'm ashamed because I was thinking East Coast for some reason. He was drafted when? <laughs> Two thousand three. Yeah, he's played in 03, 04. He started games, okay. so he started his first year. Uh, four and fourteen and two with a minus nine eighty nine GSAA and an eight ninety eight <laughs> save percentage. Um, how am I missing? You. So you've got um, four left, I think. The bottom four. Two of these are former. Short-term, very early blues. Oh, okay. So, Plant. Jacques Plant is number, I don't know, eight, nine. Okay. With 437. Now I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. 
And I can't. Shock plot and... I can picture him. This guy is the one that puked Mr. all the time. Goalie. This is the one that puked all the time. The one that puked all the time, yes. I'm blanking on his name. Glenn Hall. Glenn Hall. And Thank then you. the final two are Terry Sawchuck. Would have never got it. Sorry. Some, some people believe is the greatest of all time. That's like a... That's like a... Is he a flyer? He was mostly a Red Wing. I just Oh, okay. It well, there you go. This Red... is how much I know about Terry <laughs> Played Sonchuk. six seasons in Detroit, then played two in Boston, then played six more in Detroit, then played three in Toronto. Then went to the Kings, then played in Detroit, and then went to the Rangers. Um, he's, got, he's got a little bit of David Perron in him. Yeah, just a little bit. He died at 40? Uh-oh. What happened there? He died in his final year of hockey. I've missed the whole. Yeah, missed we the missed the Terry Sawchuck. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Terry Sawchuck folks. Sorry, more knowledgeable of hockey history, hockey fans. Everyone listening. We will do our Terry Sawchuck research and understand in the future. We'll present it to you um, first thing in the morning. Oh my God, he struggled with untreated depression. Oh my, it's this very dark. Oh this no, dark. we're not going to live podcast this. Um, Finally, uh, a longtime Blackhawk, Tony Esposito, is number 423. And um, I think you did pretty well. I think you did well. You did. You got the top half of the list. I like so, to think I got the ones that I needed to get. That was a fun little warm-up. Um, and speaking of fun little warm-ups, I got nothing. I don't know. I go ahead. I was like, you would think the Anaheim Ducks would speaking be... Speaking of oh, go fun ahead. little warm-ups... Clem Costin got a solo lap in the warm-up for mm. this game against the Anaheim Ducks, his NHL debut. Phew. Sounds like it. a reach, but not, not, not as much te- of a reach. Not technically. I mean, uh, we also had, I had the fun little thing in the show notes that nobody but the three of us read, uh, <laughs> of using three different color schemes to represent the Blues this week. So this was the... Uh, blue and you know the the uh, heritage jersey color scheme and it was a lot of fun so this was quim costin's debut game in the national hockey league robert bortuzzo was back for the first time in eight games and jacob Delarose and carl gunnerson was out it was also perron's 800th career game and his 500th as a blue so he played exactly 300 for other teams that's a little weird your thoughts yes weird no <laughs> That's crazy. I forget how long he was away from this team in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, and then a whole season on top of that. I mean, he was gone for all of the Ken Hitchcock era. Pretty he much, played yeah. like the first season with uh-huh. us, and then he was gone after that. I think so, yeah. And then he didn't come back until Mike Yeoman. Because that Hitchcock was like, that guy controls the puck and is sometimes fun. We got to get. Yeah, I know. I was like, he saw Um, the offensive zone penalties and he said, "That's." He goes, "I don't even have to. I don't even have to look. I don't even have to look. Get him out of here. Get him the fuck out of here." David, I know that was you. I don't even because I know who that was. Get him out. Uh, This was a game. Um, the Blues <laughs> lost the game, uh, but they were hot out of the gate. Costin looked good on his first shift, was hitting people. He hit people all night. Uh, but the Ducks scored eight minutes in, or four minutes in, on Ryan Getzlav's eighth goal when uh, the aforementioned David Perron's controller disconnected. God, this feels like a year ago. Um, <laughs> on, the ba- <laughs> on the back check, uh, Getzlav gloved down a high puck at the line and then did a two-on-one against Petrangelo on which Perron just did not backcheck. 
Getzlav hard at all. They had a back-and-forth pass, and Getzlav buried the one-timer. Bennington had no chance, but still almost stopped it with a, one of those spectacular Jake Allen-esque stick, mm-hmm. six, uh, stick saves, easy for me to say. And it was one nothing, and then it was shortly 2 nothing when Derek Grant scored his, spoiler alert, first goal of the game. Um for uh, assisted by Nicholas Delorier. Uh, this was not a great one for Bennington, um, but it was a worse one for Petrangelo. He backhanded the puck to Petrangelo uh, behind the net. Petro gave it away to Delorier, and Bennington was a little slow to get back around in front of the net, but he also didn't expect his defenseman to just hand the puck to the opposition. <laughs> um, and uh, Delorier got it to. Um, Derek Grant for the one-time goal. I don't know who Derek Grant is, is but he, good? he got a hat trick in this game. Uh, so I'm doing my Derek Grant research. Please do, yeah. And I'm thinking he was a fourth-round pick in 2014. That's my guess. Um, the building was... Ju- a fourth-round pick? Ooh. In 2008? What? <laughs> Derek Grant. How many NHL? Is 29 years old. Is this like a Scott Saverin situation where he's like just debuting in the NHL or has he been around the whole time? Oh, we're finding out. (laughs) Um, I will keep talking and you interrupt me when you, oh wait, he's got more people. I'm judging by his face. He's played 900 NHL games. No, no, no. He's, he's played, he has played 231. Wow. I think we know hockey pretty well. How are there still people that just don't exist? Now the most mind? the most he's ever played in a season looks to be sixty. Let's see, what is that? Sixty six. Sixty six is like a pretty much a full season for a third yeah. or fourth line guy. Though. So, folks, sorry to not know much. Yeah, about I'm sorry. Terry, Terry Sawchuk. So we're doing our Terry Sawchuk <laughs> and our Derek Grant, Grant. research. Uh, the building was jumping at the start of this game, and now it is dead. Uh, at that point, the Pittsburgh Penguins were beating the Toronto Maple Leafs five to nothing. And I wrote in my notes, "Is Mike Babcock about to be fired?" A little bit of a of a preview of a, of a teaser, if you will, for the <laughs> end of the show. Uh, that place ends. In silence, the period ends in silence. Uh, Bennington had a neat glove save inside the final second, but it didn't seem to matter until Vince Dunn roared back into the game, kind of. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Vince Dunn was fine. The rest of the team didn't really roar with him, if you know what I mean. Uh, He took a 1.6% shot on a pass from Zach Sanford uh, and scored his third goal of the season at 3 minutes and 14 seconds into the period. Uh, Vince Dunn had a good week. And um, Costin had a couple of nice opportunities crashing the net. Blues got a power play because... uh, Carbinian Holzer, who ha- does have one of the best names in hockey, I do like that. Uh, did I do like something. That and on that power play, Derek Grant got a second goal. Oh, God, I forgot about this one. Uh, <laughs> it was technically unassisted, but I would give the assist to Justin Falk. I really think they should do that. I think they should just subtract assists from people on plays like this. Um, his fourth goal of the season, Falk was crossing the blue line and decided to make an insane pass backwards across the blue line to Derek Grant. And, well, I mean, it was supposed to be to Alex Petrangelo, but it was effectively to Derek Grant, (laughs) who then ate uh, and undressed Jordan Bennington on the 
short-handed breakaway attempt, but I don't know what Finnington was supposed to do, really. Um, it wasn't great, though. I mean, I'm not giving Finnington a total pass. It wasn't great, but <laughs> uh, just bad, and it was 3-1 to one at that point, and it basically was the whole game, you know? I mean, Sunquist... Oh, there was the Sunquist play, so Mm. let's talk about that in a minute, but might as well finish off the actual scoring. Uh, A two-goal deficit against John Gibson felt insurmountable entering the third period. Uh, There was no movement on the power play. There wasn't desperation. There was lots of actions early in the period. Uh, The Ducks committed too many men with 6.45 left, which makes you think, hey, score a quick power play goal, and then you can do the press for the final six minutes and actually maybe make something of this, but they uh, did not seem like a team that really wants to win this game. Or they did at points seem like a team that really wanted to win the game, but also that was not ever going to do that. And uh, Derek Grant got his hat trick with the empty netter in the final two minutes. Um, Pareko's block shot went the other way and Getzlav and Grant pass around him like a pylon. Grant has the Break away and skates all the way up to the net for the empty netter. So the boys lose four to one. Um, but let's talk about the Sunquest play in isolation. Uh, late in the second period, Sunquest plowed into John Gibson, who pinched off his lane in the trapezoid where he is theoretically allowed to play the puck. Um, it was called goalie interference at the time, and at the time I thought that was sort of a bullshit call. Mm-hmm. But then I heard that Oscar Sunquist was getting a hearing for this bullshit call, and since I thought he'd been suspended in the playoffs last year. I was assuming he was going to get a two or three gamer uh, out of this, but it ended up only being a $7,392.47 fine, or as they constantly say in the tweets, the maximum allowable under the CBA. I do like how they're like, Uh, we've just laid it on them. As much as we could, except for all the other ways we could have punished him. Folks, there's no loopholes. Yeah. This is tight. Uh, um, What did you think about this play? Because I've watched it a lot, and I've tried to take the Blues glasses off. Mm -hmm. And to me, Gibson moves into a lane where Sunquist can't help but run into him, and Sunquist makes it look worse by leaving his feet, but mm. I think he's in the maybe 1.5 seconds he had to make this decision, probably not even that, is trying to like jump and squeeze into a space that doesn't exist, but he thinks maybe does, rather than mm. go directly through Gibson. What did you think about this play? On first look, I did think that this seemed ridiculous, that there was getting any look at all. Mm-hmm. But the more I looked at it, the more I kind of understood it, just because, like you said, I think the leaving the feet thing leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. That's the, the thing you end with, and you're like, oh boy. I think Sunquist is probably thinking he's just going hard after the puck, and he's hoping Gibson moves out of the way, and he can still be in on the forecheck, maybe hit the guy beyond Gibson that he's trying to get it to, maybe uh, get the puck from Gibson, and just at no point does he ever think about slowing down, which you do see some players do, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that he's like, Gibson will move, and Gibson does not move at all. And so... Yeah. Sunquist ends up getting him, and like you said, he's kind of trying to jump out of the way. I 100% believe that's jumping out of the way and not into him, because mm. as dumb as some hockey players are, or athletes are, 
he knows where the puck is and he's not going to literally leap into the goalie where everyone's <laughs> looking and be like, this is illegal. Yeah. yeah. And nail him. Yeah. And so also I, fel- fellow Swedes, yeah. which is, I don't know, you know, they probably haven't played together a lot, but I don't also don't think Sunquest is out to get John Gibson. I know. I was like, know? very rarely, as much as we are starting to see more, um, more personality from goalies, especially, mm-hmm. I feel like you don't really see like forwards or defense when having a beef with some other yeah, team's exactly. goalie. Uh-huh. So the one weird thing about Sunquist is I thought this was the a fine call that they made, but they were also like, well, he had he's had discipline before in the playoffs in that one yeah, game where he hit Grizzly. Once it got to the mm. hearing, I don't understand how he avoided a suspension. I thought. I thought if they had a call, that meant they were like you were going to be suspended. I thought so. It was too. Automatic. So I don't. Did they hear his side of the story and go, "Oh, okay." Maybe I kind of hope that's what happened because I, really, theoretically, that's the purpose of the hearing, but it mm, never seems like it's actually. I don't know. The it's purpose. just like we're here to talk about how you will be suspended, <laughs> not to be uh, to hear an appeal of any kind. How much would you like to be suspended? <laughs> Your thoughts. It can't be zero. <laughs> But, like, Sunquist was part of this hit, which questionable, but not terrible. Uh, uh, the Grizzly hit, which he hit him in the head, but, like, it was also, I don't know, he's just not a malicious I'm player. I'm trying to remember which one. I mean, I remember it vaguely. It was against the boards, and he, like, okay. was coming I'm in on the, of the numbers. the one, I think. But yeah. yeah. And, like, he got him with his shoulder. But, like, it didn't look, to me, it still never looked, like, awful. Uh-huh. And so... Sunquist now has a rap sheet. Is Oscar Sunquist like, a dirty? That's player? what I mean. I'm like, if you look at it by just on paper, like this guy's playing a little dirty now, and I'm like, I I just don't think so. <laughs> so when like the third thing happens, like the first real dirty thing happens, uh-huh. where he foots a dude, like this guy, look at the rap sheet, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, these are false. These are false positives, sir. These are not. Yeah, yeah, for this sure. This is not a dirty man. It's not um, a dirty man. They're, they're very qu- squeaky clean. Have you been to Sweden? Over there in Sweden. Um, yeah, the Jesse Blake on the Steve Dangle podcast, I think, made the point too that this is. He was basically agreed with us that this was not, um, a suspendable thing. Mm-hmm. But this was like right. Uh, this was the day of, and they weren't sure he was suspended. They thought he might still be suspended, but. Um, he basically made the point that, like, because it's Oscar Sunquist, who means a lot to us, but is a nobody in this league, mm-hmm. uh, and because it's John Gibson, who is starting to get even on the national radar as, like, maybe the best goalie in hockey, is, mm-hmm. like, people are starting to understand how good he is. So, like, because it was huge star receiving the hit, nobody giving the hit, that's part of what amplified the conversation, and it probably is. Uh, before we move on, though, what do you feel just generally about how protected goalies are when they go out to make plays? Because I've seen a lot of talk, and I think I sort of agree with it, that they should be... I don't know if I go all the way to say they should be treated as any other player mm. out there, but I also don't think that people should necessarily have to jump out of their mm. own way to avoid them if they skate into their lane of play. You That's know? what I'd agree with that. And I think goalies get away with that a lot. They're yeah. always just hugging the boards when a guy's coming around and like, oops, sorry, just in the way. Just kind of setting a pick yeah. behind the net. Yeah, I think you should be able, I and would agree with padded, that. So it's yeah. not like they're gonna get destroyed by a hit or anything. I think know? if you're if you're stepped in the lane and you get hit and you're out of the net that's fair game. I guess mm-hmm. that is the weird thing where it is kind of in my head I'm like, I guess you could say I don't want to see you I don't, they would never be able to measure this. Intentionally hit a goalie, mm-hmm. but if he's in your way and you're trying to get the puck or whatever, 
so be it. Yeah, That's... but they, I mean, they have do have some judgment calls of that nature already for referees if, to make. If so they're playing like... the, if they're playing the puck, like they have the puck on their stick and you're trying to get it, normally you're trying to stick left them or get mm. the puck away from them. But if you're play, if there's two of you somehow and your decision is I'm gonna hit him to get for him to lose the puck to put it in the empty net. Yeah, I think that should be totally allowed. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll see it, but I do agree. Yeah. Uh, so that was the kind of the big drama in that game, but there wasn't a lot going on. One other goalie question for you. Yeah. Why is Bennington wearing, like, black pads? Why does Bennington suck? Yeah, I don't know. I noticed he was wearing those in this game. Was he wearing it in the regular jersey game? I don't know. Because I, I wondered if that was, like, a heritage thing. Because he has, that was also a different mask. But it wasn't the Cujo mask. Mm-mm, these were, yeah, th- so those he's were got, different pads too. I think he's already had four helmets this year. Because he had the, like, beer draft one that was, like, supposed to be his helmet, the very, like, light yeah. white one. And, I'm and looking, then I think he had a darkened version of that, but I don't think that was the one he wore on this game. Yeah, and in this Tampa Bay game, he's wearing whites. He's wearing the white. So I wonder if that's, like, a heritage alternate thing or maybe i mean i guess i just i don't think he wore them in other heritage games i could be wrong i don't know i could be wrong maybe he just lost his pants here i'll be honest with you awful they're awful (laughs) no they didn't look great they look they're too black they look weird yeah they don't fit they don't fit um but yeah i I don't know i think that was that game was kind of nondescript yeah, but it I looked also... like maybe we were starting to find it a little bit, mm. but we had some really huge gaffes that led to goals against and killed mm. on any momentum we might have had. And plus, it was John Gibson. I would say that the other thing too is I don't want to take away from John Gibson at all. But... Oh, I don't feel like we tested him especially. Yeah, in this but that's game. the thing too. I was going to say we've led up to this game with two OT losses, mm. and we already talked about we had like 10, 11 OT games. And we're just winning by like the skin of our teeth, mm-hmm. and we can't score at all. And here's another game where you you just put up one goal. I mean, you make these mistakes, and yeah, you don't want to make them, but you also need to. We weren't gonna win two one mm-hmm. either. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like again, no offense rears its ugly head, and it's like when is this? When is the scoring depth going to show up? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Honestly, I thought and we were in for like a little bit of a like. Four, skin. three, four, five game losing yeah. streak. And we were not, as it turns out. Because this team's great. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, Barubi was his typically uninvested <laughs> self after the Sometimes game. Sometimes I do like that. He was just kind of like, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, why I don't am I know. even here? I'm... I don't know. I'm getting paid by Johnny Landoff. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. That's the most disinterested human being there's ever. Have you seen... Ben, can we go a full 45 minutes on the Johnny Landoff so, commercial? So, yeah, his is he's he is checked out. Oh, he's Re- not. Reality has passed him I don't, by. I don't know how they're airing it. I really don't. Was that also... That makes me think, it's... did they have takes? Was that the best yeah, take? Yeah, was that the best they did? Or was it just like... We need, sir. We need you for two hours, Craig. And he's like, "I'll give you three minutes." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's how long the commercial is. Yep, that's, I know. Watch TV all the time. That'd be too many words for him. That's too many words. <laughs> on on the flip side, as much as I hate the gold milk lending guy, and he creeps me the fuck uh-huh. out. The one with Ryan O'Reilly in it, I, I feel bad for Ryan. For but being like, in that company, but, but he's, it's a fine act. Yeah, but he's, he's an athlete bubbly that's kind of trying. And yeah, yeah. And not like in a Pat Maroon sort of that's, like rubbing that, two brain cells yeah. together. <laughs> and Johnny Wandoff. 
But that's that's you know, um, Ryan O'Reilly's really got us. That's some because jobs. he's a good Ontario boy, and he was preparing for all that extra money he could make if oh, he ever got to yeah. play for the Maple Leafs, which is all any NHL player wants to yeah, do. If you don't want a cup there, it doesn't like even count. His count, his his Stanley Cup. Con Smythe and Selkie Trophy winning season is basically basically meaningless yeah. because he didn't do it for the people. We didn't get to see the cup, but from what I'm aware, if you're from Ontario, you know the the greater Toronto area, the GTA, and you've won the cup before, you, there's an asterisk. Yeah, by your name. I, I, there's, I, there's so I'm many asterisks. Told, yeah, and uh, this is coming from Toronto, which is the humblest sports market in the world, mm. just for the record. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, we'll talk more about their humility <laughs> in a while, but um, we we love Toronto. Bar- I think. Barubian is typically disinterested. Fashion said only two mistakes really. I mean, defensively, I need to do. I need to get a Barubian impression, but I'd have to hear him speak, and he never speaks. So I think it'll just be a Mike Babcock impression. <laughs> uh, it's clear that we didn't score enough goals with a lot of shots. <laughs> to which Jeff commented and said, "No shit," <laughs> um, and then he said, "We had chances, and we didn't." score yeah also agree uh and then i think the one quote he thought um he said about cost and he was fine i thought for his first nhl game he did a good job yep i was happy with him which is good and he hasn't sat since although Mm -hmm. i think he only gets six minutes in the tampa bay game but that's not sitting Mm -hmm. so uh and he talked about the energy on back-to-back games he said the energy, like these back-to-back games, it's been a tough stretch. I think that the energy maybe was a bit low both games, but we're going to reset here. We've got a day off, and we'll come to work Monday, have a practice, and get ready to play. I mean, that's it. We've got to find a way to put the puck in the net more than we have been. We've got to find a way to score. I thought we did a better job of getting it to the net today. And Ryan O'Reilly echoed those sentiments, saying, we've got to find a way to put the puck in the net. That's obviously on myself. Can't remember the last time we had a five-on-five point. Um... Which is a good setup for the next game, so keep those in mind for a minute. But we did look at some of the stats after this. So uh, the Ducks had only 25 shots in this game to our 38. We had a lot more hits. Uh, we lost the faceoff battle. Um, but our Corsi 4 in the game was actually really high the whole time 64 on the whole game uh, at all strengths, and we had almost 71% in the third period. Uh, the shot, the heat map looks great, but I was looking at these heat maps and I'm noticing, and maybe I was inventing it because it's a narrative I wanted to spin, mm-hmm. but it seems like we load up on the right side of the goalie, which would be the goalie's left, and we don't shoot as much from the left side of the goalie, and maybe I'm biased because you can't score on glove side in NHL 20, <laughs> but I do feel like you'd want to shoot blocker side some. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder if that's maybe how our forwards are setting up, or if it's uh, could be totally invented by me, but uh, or, you know, where our defensemen are kind of cycling in and mm-hmm. shooting from, but uh, it was something I was watching for, and then I didn't really notice it in the other two games being a problem, but we also won those two games. So you guys tell me. You at home tell me if I'm crazy. <laughs> right in. One of the things I noticed in the Money Puck stats after this game uh, was um, that uh, our top line in expected goals for per 60 uh, at this point was the uh, McEachern-Sunquist-Barbashev line. 
uh, with their 106 combined minutes. And uh, I was looking at an article today. There's a really good one in The Athletic for those of you who subscribe. And if you don't, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay something for coffee. This is not an athletic ad read, but basically it is the price of a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's, how much coffee do you drink? It could be an athletic ad read. Use our code CUPS. <laughs> I bet if you type it in there, you will you get a discount. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but um, anyway, there's an article on there about Robert Thomas and some of his stats. But one of the things I noticed reading that article is that Mackenzie McEachern, I think, is maybe a really good hockey player. Mm-hmm. I mean, not. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But uh, for like a fourth line guy, mm-hmm. I think he's more top flight Kyle Brodziak than Adam Cracknell, you know? It's like a small feather to put in your cap, but the fact that he's been on this team for every game, mm-hmm. almost every game, right, yeah, I since mean, the I beginning? Yeah, I don't think they've looked at yeah. him out. Like. He's not been the guy that's been moved out for Della Rose. He's not the guy that's been moved out for Fabry or whatever. He's consistently been on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And like we said, a fourth line, too, that for... He wasn't... Did he start the season with the team? Maybe he didn't, but... I want to say he played maybe a couple in San Antonio mm-hmm. and then got called up, but... You can check his games I'm played. Look, I'm trying to look up. But now. that fourth line used to start for like seven or eight straight games. They were the line that started the game. Yeah. I think we... I, the one thing... The one thing... I give Craig Ruby a lot of credit. 16. Okay. Of 23, but I think those would be like the last 16. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know... 16 of the last 18 or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. Ruby likes his fourth line. Even if he doesn't play him a ton, he trusts them out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about our forward depth and how we can use these guys. And I think that's what also helps um, cover up for some of these injuries, too. You're not feeling like, oh, we got to really overplay our bottom line and we don't like, you know, or we have to overplay our, sorry, our top yeah. lines because we have to hide our bottom lines because we can't let them get more exposure. It seems mm-hmm. like we're fine uh, rolling out those bottom two lines pretty evenly. Yeah, we'll talk about injuries a little bit when uh, we talk about the um, Blay injury. <laughs> I, I know people. Uh, but, yeah, it does, I mean, we've got the depth. I just wonder if depth. we've got the talent like, we've got the like, depth but do we have the depth you know what you know what i'm saying like i wonder if we've got enough guys that are like definitely good for 15 goals hmm. other than that we have the depth so we'll get there but yeah. um anything else you want to say about the ducks game i hated it it was bad it was my gross. review it was gross to watch two pucks out of five <laughs> Uh, so we talked about those, um, Barubi quotes about finding a way to score more goals and credit to him. And I think this has been one of the things that has most differentiated him from both Mike Yo and Ken Hitchcock. He tried new things and did crazy things like put Robert Thomas at center. Crazy. Hey, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he put Bozak on the top line on the wing of Shannon Schwartz, which doesn't make sense yeah, to me. Yeah, be followed by, huh. <laughs> And then uh, at the time it was Blay O'Reilly Perron, which is fine. And I mean, we all know that O'Reilly Perron's not moving, and that's fine. You want to mm-hmm. have, I mean, you don't want to mess with your lines. Ideally, you'd have four 
well-oiled machines that just go all the time, but mm. that's not what we had. And then Costin slid down to the third, fourth line with Barbashev and McKirkin, which, as we were talking about at the time, isn't necessarily a demotion with Craig Berube mm. as your coach. Uh, I mean, it, that's an important line for this team, so I don't think he was viewing it as like, well, we just got to hide this kid somewhere, you know? I think mm. that, honestly, honestly, might have been more likely to be in Blaze spot. Not that I'm saying that's what he was doing with Blay, but I just think like more likely he goes, well, at least O'Reilly and Piran will be good than you know <laughs> than that he put him on the fourth line. But that was big pregame news, and then obviously the other uh, pregame ceremony news was uh, Patrick Maroon, the big lovable teddy bear. Now that he's gone, I, like, have such a warm heart for Mm -hmm. him, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But he got his pregame ceremony before the game. Uh, Anthony was on the ice, as was his fiancé or wife. I can't remember if they did get married. Okay, fiancé, okay. Uh, And then uh, Vladdy and and Alex Steen were there in suits, and it's a whole big thing, and they were playing Paradise, which was stuck in my head for the next six weeks, and it's only been three days <laughs> um but uh it was it was very nice i think it was very nice and my question is how weird was that for kevin shattenkirk <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about that i watched this at home and with my mother and sister and they were both when they heard kevin shattenkirk's name i was surprised that they were like hey that's a that's the guy used to play for us mm. right i'm like yeah he did like, oh, that's too bad. I was like, mm, that's not. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's just like, it is. it has to be a little weird for him to be like, I was here for seven years. Yeah. And we got pretty close. Yeah. I mean, this team could have won the cup in 15, 16. They mm-hmm. didn't, but they could have. And uh, it's weird now looking, like at the time I was like, no, they couldn't have. But now that I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, they could have just won those games and been fine. Um, but in any case, was he like in that year's exodus, he left in he left the 16, year after 17. he was traded in seventeen That's eighteen, right. I think, okay. right? Or was it? No, he was traded in sixteen seventeen, and then seventeen eighteen with Stasny, and then eighteen nineteen yeah, won the yeah. cup. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's not that far removed. Yeah, he feels that's a lot the thing. Like it feels it like been. he was such a core piece of this team for so long, and then to see Maroon, who played here one year, but his hometown kid, but like come back and get his Stanley <laughs> Cup ring. It does have to be weird, right? It's got to be like what. He's like, what happened? Have, he's like, he like goes up to Shannon. He's like, man, St. Louis Blues, what an organization. Huh? Like, Shannon's like, fuck off. <laughs> probably. Knowing Pat Maroon, knowing those two, probably. I hope so. Uh, Braden Shin's dad was also here, but not to watch Braden play, but he was on the Lightning's dad trip because Luke Shin is a Lightning, and I'm sure we won't hear about that 75 times this game. We did. We, Just spoiler alert. We did. We heard about... Uh, Braden Shin's dad more in this game than I've heard uh, what's his name? Pierre Maguire talk about Jaden Schwartz coming from Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. What city in Saskatchewan? Wilcox. Wilcox, thank you. I'll never forget. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, the Blues came out red hot with lots of opportunities in the first period. Bowmeister took a penalty on Kevin Shattenkirk. Take that, not Stanley Cup winner. Uh, and the Blues made a really nice opportunity out of some fine passing, but Bortuzzo didn't step up to pinch off the puck, which led to 
Uh, Anthony Sorelli's goal. This was much later in the period. Sorry, I jumped ahead there, but didn't leave myself a note to jump ahead. But yes, this did happen after the Bortuzzo thing. That was just later in the period. Uh, 16.36 into the game, Anthony Sorelli scored his third goal of the season, assisted by Kalorn and Hedman. Uh, whoops. Uh, <laughs> Bortuzzo made a hit on Hedman, but didn't actually prevent him from doing anything. So he got it to Kalorn low uh, behind the net, and Kalorn got to the crease before some. Sunquist can do anything to stop him, and Dunn sort of does nothing to box out <laughs> what? Sorelli. What is Vince Dunn doing? And also totally screens. Uh, <laughs> you literally, you literally, yeah, I, this is unfathomable. The gif is hilarious, and then uh, Sorelli pots it between Bennington. I know he's looking at the puck, but then with how fast it's passed, no. his back is now com- to the puck carrier, and he's just in between him and Bennington. We were talking before the game, and we'll talk a little later about how... Vince Dunn has many godlike qualities yeah. on this team. He is still capable of the occasional, and I don't think as frequent as Shattenkirk, but occasional just mind-numbing defensive <laughs> yeah, like, I always think that. I'm always like, he was turned off for like yeah. a moment. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just like staring His at nothing. His controller disconnected. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, Hedman got an interference call on O'Reilly late in the period. Uh, we needed that late dagger. We did not get it. Uh, but we started with a minute and 26 of overtime of uh, power play time in the second period. Uh, and uh, we did nothing with that either. Okay, Shattenkirk had a giveaway to Sunquist. Still sucks. Not Sunquist. No, I was like, excuse you. Palat took a buck, <laughs> took a buck off the beak. The beak. I don't know why I wrote these notes. Oh, it's like something Panger uh, said. Yeah, but this is uh, this is where things got dark because. Uh, Eric Chernak, sure. something Chernak, Chardak, Chernak, Cernak, Sarnak. I'm gonna go with Cernak. Uh, shoves Sammy Blay into the boards. Blay is slow to get up. We were all irate that it wasn't at least a boarding mm-hmm. minor. Um, I don't think it necessarily needed to be a major, major, but it should have been a minor. Uh, Sam. Blay, Sam Blay, <laughs> Sammy left the ice with uh, what? A, I mean, he did have a cut near his eye, uh, but he left for repairs, never to return, and never to return, as we later find out. But we'll talk about that after the game. Did he come? Did he come back in the game? I thought I saw him come back. Did he? I think he maybe did. You're mm-hmm. right. I think he did. Because I was even more shocked. I'm like, he's out for five weeks or whatever, ten weeks. I was ten like, weeks, oh. Yeah. But Ian, mm. Ian. Oh no. He'll be back no, no, no. right around the trade deadline. So you can already write that it's like a trade. It's like just like getting a trade. I mean, it's just like making a trade, getting a player like that yeah, back. For free. For free. You didn't even have to give anything away except 10 years, 10 weeks of your time and your dignity and self-esteem. <laughs> How long has Steen been injured already? Two weeks, I would think, at least. It was least. like a four weeks till he was yeah, reassessed. Yeah, he okay. be back soon. I honestly forgot. That he was injured he's or that he wasn't. Yeah. And he's he like the, the soonest to be back. But yeah, it does feel like. The least thrilled. I'm sorry. I like Alexander Steen. I'm just saying probably the least impact. To me. To yeah. Me, to me. He's older. Uh, he's older. He's getting up there. <laughs> uh, there was an old makeup call against uh, cross-tracking on Sunquest, but it's not. 
because it's just a real cross check, but it still felt like a makeup call. <laughs> uh, the Lightning got a shorthanded breakaway, and Jordan Bennington saved not one but two shots. Uh, got oh, yeah. About I thought seven that... or eight goals saved above average just on that one little I flurry. thought that second one went in for sure. Yeah, he would, that second save was really good. And that really is arguably what saved this game for the Blues. Uh, the Blues, you made this You made this note about the Blues teams yeah. figuring out. You want to talk about that? Oh, I noticed in this game, and maybe, maybe other teams haven't figured it out, but the Lightning sure did. Or they were just lucky. And they have an aggressive penalty kill, and it just fucks you know with Sh- the Blues. Shaddy and Maroon probably told them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inside information. <laughs> That's insider trading. <laughs> That's going to be uh, what? What Martha Stewart get? Home arrest? In 10 months. Yeah. That's nah, going to be home arrest. Yeah, I just noticed that they had a very aggressive penalty kill. And like we've talked about before, this should be something that if we were really good at passing the puck quickly, we, you can just abuse. Mm-hmm. But I think they know we don't do that. Our power plays better, but it is still. A slow passing power play. Uh-huh. And when you get a guy in your grill, you lose the puck. And I noticed that over and over again. Even five on five, they seem to have a very aggressive defense. And uh, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. It, it power, exposed the blues. Our power play has been a little off and on lately, but it's it looked good in the last game, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. But um, Vasilevsky had the ultra-rare trapezoid penalty, which I don't even know what that's called. Illegal playing the puck. I don't know, goalie, goaltender yeah. interference, <laughs> something like that. But uh, just a total brain fart and probably thinking he had a little more space than he did. Refs, I mean, this is like the puck over the glass penalty where they just have to call it. Mm. But, I mean, it's not like he didn't go into the trapezoid to play a puck. He was just spinning to play a puck, and it happened to sneak into the, or not trapezoid, whatever the non-trapezoid part. The negative space on either side. Oh, you can't play it in the rhombus. you got to be in the trapezoid. (laughs) Uh, But the Blues did not capitalize on that. However, late in the period, David Perron scored his... Ninth goal of the season, assisted by Colton Fareko's ninth assist of the season, and Ryan O'Reilly's 15th. He's good, and he's good at hockey. Um, the timing of this goal, for us, just personally, was hilarious, because I was in the middle, and I, I should have known. I really did. And, like, literally, the team just turned on a dime. Mm. I was in the middle. I was I was pretty upset and hopeless. And I was in the middle of texting you and just saying, Ian, I just think this is our season. Like, we're going to be, like, good enough to pull through, but we're not going to score any goals. Mm. And it's just going to be boring, and we're going to win a lot of two-to-one games, and we'll be fine enough to make it to the playoffs and probably not do a lot. And I'm de- I'm depressed, because mm. that's just kind of going to kind of be a boring, awful season to talk about. And then literally, like, as I hit send on the last message, I hit send on the next message, which is, LOL, that'll teach me. <laughs> because David Perron scored his ninth of the season, uh, and this was just your your typical dirty goal. Ian yeah. Pareko gets the shot, the backhand in front, and Perron is one of the many bodies in the crease, and he knocks it in and skates in the crease, but that don't matter no more. Yeah, that's not a rule anymore. <laughs> Brett- and apparently it wasn't back then either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, buffalo daggers. Take <laughs> it, Buffalo. We have... <laughs> from our very earliest episodes, have not been shy about expressing our distaste for the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Even though Anthony 
as our dear, dear friend. <laughs> my, I took my sister to the hockey game last night. Somehow we talked about Buffalo. I showed her, I showed her the current logo, uh-huh. and she's like, "That's a pretty nice logo." And I said, "Get a load of these." And I showed her, <laughs> I showed her the Buffa slug, and she about lost it. <laughs> that was uh, that was fiftieth anniversary, though. Oh. Toit. Yeah. Uh, and for those who don't get the joke, we accidentally just forgot the Buffalo Sabres existed on like our third episode ever. Accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly. But, well, I don't know. <laughs> the fix is uh, We were doing, what's there? They're in the Metro. Yeah. yeah. Or no, the sea, they're in the, <laughs> they're in the Atlantic. And we just left them off. We just previewed the other seven teams and forgot them. So We mentioned them at one point oh that's the worst part we talked about them but didn't talk about them either oh good good it was fun uh in this game this is gonna be rinse wash repeat in the next game shin levels kucherov cleanly it is a little forceful but it's clean and uh he gets attacked by sarnak again uh, he said a great alien species name the sarnak leave no prisoners true it's true it's true uh somehow this so this is hockey logic i let's well, let's break this down oh this is going to be really weird yeah what the, the whole the compare between this and the next game yeah so uh, Braden shin makes a play that is legal mm-hmm. in the sport of hockey yes <laughs> play what on they're playing kucherov looks rough in the replay but the the play he makes is totally legal mm-hmm. and then Eric Sarnak comes over and says, no, 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 buddy, you can't do that to Kucherov, which is also just basic hockey logic. He's your big star. I get it. You got to protect him. That's fine. But Eric Sarnak does something that is illegal, which is coming into an otherwise legal player and just saying, no, you and I are going to have a fight now. Mm-hmm. Brayden Shin does not allow Eric Sarnak to bash his face in. And so it is determined that Braden Shin has committed roughing. <laughs> but because Sarnak obviously was the more illegal player, they gave him a two-minute minor as well so that we still just got a one-man advantage for two minutes. But Braden Shin couldn't be on the power play or something. What what's wrong with you? I feel like I don't know how this works or how they report this into like the people in the box, but Uh, I feel like they're like Braden Shen two minutes for roughing, and then the guy, the old man that's there, stared at them and was like, "What?" (laughs) And they're like, "Uh," and the other guy for two minutes, and then they kept staring at him, and he was like, "And two more minutes," and then he nodded and was like, "That's correct, you did it." Good job, Ralph. I can believe every second of that. Uh, but yeah, they didn't uh, They didn't do anything on that power play, becoming something of a theme. Uh, but something else that will become something of a theme is that early in the third period, Robert Thomas set up Oscar Sundquist for a goal because Vasilevsky got stuck in the reverse VH, yeah. as uh, our friend Gift Jefferson said. Um but actually what happened here was Robert Thomas had one of the most insane backhand uh, no-look setups for Oscar Sundquist, who hurried in on the, uh, I think this was like a 3.6% shot 
or something. I looked it up and uh, just hits the laser on the one-timer into the top corner. And as, as awesome as Thomas's setup was, take nothing away from Sunquist's snipe. Uh, but do you have anything to say about that one? I will say, does he have to pick the top corner because the like the entire top it seems quarter like the of whole the net, net should be open is yes. open, and I'm like, I just don't know what happened to Vasilevsky here. <laughs> I think it broke. I think he just <laughs> continued to hug the post, and then he does after the goal too. Yeah, the whole time. Then, just... like, did he actually get stuck? Stuck? I wonder if he did. <laughs> Part of, part of, like, did his, because your skate, skate could get stuck on the post or something, you know? I feel like he doesn't know where it goes. I think he thinks it might have hit, like, uh, who's the guy skating around behind? Uh, oh. Samford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he thinks Samford has it, or it hit Samford. Uh-huh. Like, here you go. Oh, it must have hit him. And then, like, all of a sudden the puck is by, you know yeah. what I mean? I think that's, because he's screened by another player, yeah. another one of his players. Probably Eric Anyways. Sarnak. Just <laughs> the Sarnak take no prisoners. Uh, that's what the maybe that's what the lizard people is called. Uh, we'll oh, he's one tuned. of them. Okay. Stay tuned. It's been a while. It's, it's been a while. It's slow tuned. developing. Yeah, that's right. As is their world domination. Uh, but the Blues are now ahead two to one in this game. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And David Perron uh, made a really, really cool play in this game. Just not really worth anything, but just really smart. Uh, He's the sneakiest bastard that ever snuck because he comes in on a puck that's offside. And instead of touching it or backing off, he just whacks Sergachev's stick into the puck. So mm-hmm. that technically Sergachev played it, which means it's a legal that is like, smart. puck for him to play now. And he just grabs it. Yoink. Just like, yoink. Yeah, it was exactly yoink. Uh, and then late in the uh, final five seconds, Jaden Schwartz scores his fifth goal on an empty net pad. Them stats. Um <laughs> Oscar Sunquist was really happy after the game. He's a fun interview. And he said, I think we had a great game. Crowd created a lot of scoring chances. It was about time that I got in there. Because uh, he had a pretty long gold route. Mm. Not going to stay that way. Uh, and he said, very emotional game at the start, seeing Patty. It was nice to see. We came out flying and took them on for 60 minutes. Um, and then Justin Falk got interviewed about, hey, you're on this Frankenstein team, and they won a cup last year. How's that feel? <laughs> he said, uh, looked like it was pretty fun for the guys at the beginning there. It was a big moment for the organization, not for me personally, because I was not involved I'd at just all. like to know I was uh, on the He's got to be Hurricanes. like, whatever the Shattenkirk thought process is, his has to be almost the same, but like weirdly the opposite, but pretty much the same. <laughs> uh, and he said, I thought we were strong. I think we closed plays pretty good. The more we can play... Uh, close plays out quick, the better we are. Um, our run of domination uh, continues to, over the lightning, continues. Uh, we beat them both times last year, I think both by one goal victories. And this, mm. this we're improving. This time it was a two goal victory. So uh, we did almost double them up in shots, 34 to 18, um, and had 55% of the face-off wins, but they had way more hits, including the illegal one that didn't get called that put Sammy Boy out for uh, 10 weeks. Do you have anything more you want to say about that game particularly? I was happy to see us. I mean, we scored it's, two goals in empty netter. 10 weeks, Kevin Weeks, brother. Thanks. I'll be, oh. I'll be outside. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone's named their kid 10. Probably. I'm sure. That's true. People name their kids all sorts of crazy shit. That's true. Very true. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was a good game. It was we, a good game. It's, we played up to a good team. It's very blues of us. We scored two goals, which is higher than what our expected goals average is, I believe. So an improvement. We had almost 80% of the Corsi in the second period. Mm-hmm. Not bad, not bad. We created eight high danger chances in the second period. And we'll talk about this later. Did we play well? We did. Or are the Lightning bad? <laughs> Might be that, too. Might be both. A little bit of both. A little bit, a little I mean, bit I don't think the Lightning are bad, but are they bad currently? Are mm-hmm. they currently disorganized? And the answer could be yes. Uh, so, um, Sammy Blay, the injury news came out on Wednesday mm-hmm. afternoon, and then immediately, I mean, immediately thereafter, so did the news that we had signed Troy Brower off the PTO, which we never said anything, but I guess that means Jamie McGinn can get fucked. Yeah, they think they said he's moving on. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, Troy Brower is now a St. Louis Blue uh, did not start in this game. I would assume we'll get in soon, probably in one of these Nashville mm-hmm. games. Um, Della Rose was back in the lineup with Blay injured, uh, and their lines were um, Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shin, and Tyler Bozak again. Barbashev moved up mm-hmm. to replace O'Reilly, or to replace the injured um, Blay on the O'Reilly Perron line, which, you know, there are those who would say that there's no space on this team for Jordan Cairo. <laughs> and I would just reiterate that Ivan Barbashev was on the wing for O'Reilly and Perron. Just saying. Just saying it was Ivan Barbashev. And that's nothing against Ivan Barbashev. I love mm. Ivan Barbashev. I thought he looked good this game. Second line? I don't know about that. We'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe he it was, works great. He was centering the first line, I believe, at one point. That's true. So a he, long time ago. Maybe I'm in very In the dark wrong. periods. Yeah. <laughs> was that in the Brodziak year? I think that's when he came up and he was like really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, right yeah. towards the end of the uh, season into the playoffs against th- Nashville. That was, yeah. that was before he was next year's. Yeah. Next year's last year's. Yeah. <laughs> that was two years before he was last year's. Yeah, the math. It does add up. It's just perfect. My math is flawless. We won the cup, so it's unfortunate that no one can really be last year. No one can no, be Vince Dunn no. from last year when he was told not to be last year's Ivan <laughs> Barber show. Yeah. But this year, when we don't win the cup, we'll need there'll, a be, last there'll be a new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hope that's the math, too. So last year, it was nobody. I hope you understand that. I'm Doug Armstrong. I'm speaking to you, Two years Zach ago. Sanford. Two years ago, it was... Ivan Barbashev, last year it was you, Zach Sanford. And I'm telling this year's Zach Sanford not to be last year's Zach Sanford or three years ago's Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> I think we've everyone's tuned out. Yep. <laughs> Even the cats are licking their nets. <laughs> so, uh, Ian, you were at this game live. Uh, thanks to mm-hmm. the uh, patronage of our intern, Gif Jeff, you had very nice seats. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we are kept women, and he is our uh, whatever a kept woman's master is called. I haven't, uh, I haven't watched a lot of uh, whatever that show is. The Handmaid's Tale, so I wouldn't know. Yes, indeed. Uh, but would you like to walk us through this game? Yeah. To be because fair, I would have I would have been at this game anyways with my season tickets. But Jeff did have much better seats available, so I said, "Fuck the season tickets," and we went and sat with him. Yeah, it was good. It was a good game. It was good seats. We were right behind the visitors' bench, right behind the Flames' bench. About I don't know, 
uh, seven rows back, something like that. It was very nice. I'm not complaining. So yes, this game was the Blues 90s throwback jerseys. You love them. I was going to say, you know them, you love them, or you hate them. Uh, opinions are mixed and they are loud. <laughs> um, just like the jerseys. You know what? I liked these jerseys. They popped. I think they looked really good against the Flames colors. I, I was ho-hum on them when they came out. I was ho-hum on them when they were old. And I'm, I'm kind of digging them now. I don't know if they need to be seen more than three times a year. Uh-huh. But I'd be willing to experiment with that after this year. The problem is, like, we say they had the magic, and that's true. But if you wear them ten times a year, they lose the magic. Mm. They go back to looking like shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they look like shit. Let's be honest. Anyway. They look like they were they're McDonald's jerseys. They're they look awful. like McDonald's jerseys. Much like the Ludo song something. They're awful and I love them. Love yeah. you, Love You Dead is the song. Bingo. And people love that song and people love Ludo in St. Louis. I would go to one of those Christmas shows, but I also really don't care. And <laughs> that's not a dig at Ludo. They're fine, but I don't think I would care enough to be in that crowd, would be my guess. That's just me. <laughs> that was just Stephen's like, insight Stevens, on Ludo, little, the St. Louis local little band. Little Ludo diatribe. The, the weekly segment, the Little Ludo <laughs> diatribe. You tune in. They tune in. They listen. I'm sure they do. Got nothing better to do. They might! That one of the members of Ludo might listen to this Oh, podcast. I thought you were about to make a huge statement all, like they do. Of all the people that we have ever said are certainly listening to this podcast they at least could let us know send us a tweet if you're in ludo and get us some ticks to that spicy <laughs> spicy show <laughs> that steven just doesn't think he'd fit in that <laughs> just to be clear but if i had free tickets oh boy would i oh, but... i'd be there with bells on okay so it's the money the money is the problem <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right. Folks, please, we need your money on Patreon. Uh, Blues, I thought, looked really good starting this game. I think they looked good all game, really. But Blues had their first goal in the first period, 12 minutes and 7 seconds in. Zach Sanford, second of the season, assisted by Robert Thomas. Sanford with a nice move to avoid the defense and gets it to Thomas. Thomas with a loop-de-loop until Sanford is back in the crease. One-timer for a nasty goal. Uh, it was a 3.4% chance of scoring here, for according to Money Puck. Mm-hmm. Money Puck. This is a nice goal. Again, Robert Thomas, primary says Zach Sanford in the circle, taking a slap shot. It was kind of a knuckler. It looked like a knuckler from our angle. Beat Riddich, I don't know where. Beat him somewhere. And before this, in the first period, he made like a dandy of a save. He made like two in a row. It was big save Dave, baby. Oh my goodness. It was scary looking. I thought after his first two huge saves, I'm like, oh no, he's dialed in. We're boned. Uh, he was not dialed in. Yeah, he would look real good early on and then not so good. Yeah, anymore. I can't quite blame him except for on one goal completely specifically. <laughs> so the uh, Blues look good. I thought Barbashev looked good on that O'Reilly Perron line. Obviously, they looked fine. Bozak with Shannon Schwartz, he had like at least three scoring chances in this game. You had your favorite drop pass that you didn't enjoy when he was dead in front of Riddich. And it was like, really? Just put it on him. And see what happens. But he, but like we talked about, Barube emphasizes quality chances. And was that a quality chance, Steven? It 
It was. I mean, yes. it would have been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> passed it up. Any, it made it worse. If, if, if anything I've ever learned about Dia Pro and Shell, if that has taught me anything, it's that if you fire it off low off the goalie's pad, guaranteed assists. Hmm. That's like a 73% assist rate. <laughs> I was like, I need these assists, baby. I'm going to fire it off the pad. So don't drop pass. Pad pass. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would say the Blues in the first period were flying. So were the Flames. I believe the shot totals, I don't remember completely, but were like 16 for the Flames and like 12 for the Blues in the first period. Something like that. It was insanely high. It didn't really feel like the Flames had that many scoring chances. They Some of their shots were definitely from the outside. We'll talk about their heat map towards the end of the game. But they did not seem as threatening as the shot total would make you think mm-hmm. blues moved in the second period they got a goal by oscar sunquist six minutes and 23 seconds in assisted by zach samford you'll be hearing a lot of these names rasmus anderson passes the puck around the end boards behind bennington right to samford samford with a nice pass to spring sunquist on a break sunquist shot isn't great but it banks off rich and in rich just got a nibble of it with the top of his uh glove there but it rolled in behind him and into the crease, mm-hmm. into the net. I, I I liked the shot by Sunquist. I honestly, from our our vantage point, I thought it bounced up and over the net. Or I was like, oh boy. There were a lot of times I thought the puck went in the net this game, and it did not. And this is one time that went in the this, net, and I didn't think it was. This wasn't a great shot, but kind of similar to the Bozak point. Mm-hmm. If you're in alone on the goalie, you should probably just fire it on the goalie. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah. Oh no, he should have gone for the drop pass. <laughs> Wasn't there? There was a couple years ago. There was like an Avalanche player that was like in on a clean break, and they had a guy like behind him, uh, one of his players, yeah. but a decent distance behind him. Oh crap! And he like faked that? it and passed it back, and it was, was that a shitty Soderberg? shot. I think so. That sounds. That sounds Might right. Been, yeah. And I remember being like, this guy must have had an embolism. Yeah. Like, what the hell <laughs> just happened? Literally he really just bro. didn't believe in himself. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, Carl. Like, at least shoot it straight <laughs> into his chest. Come on, buddy. Really? Oh, uh, uh, okay. So halfway through this period, about, yeah, really it was like 10 minutes, 30 seconds, something like that. Manjipan, Marzipan, good old Marzipan there. Receives a pass as he moves through the neutral zone and is lit up by Vince Dunn. This is right in front of us, right in front of the opposing goal or the opposing team's bench. The place went nuts. The place went crazy. Because you don't see, you really just don't see big hits, period, anymore. Mm-hmm. You see hits along the boards, but you rarely see open ice hits. It was close to the boards, but it was definitely in the middle of the ice. Dunn lit up Manjipan. Manjipan, Manjipan, Marzipan. I feel more comfortable saying Marzipan. Could you just say it real real quick and then just pause for a moment? Manjipan? No, no, no. It's it's, his real name. Oh, Marzipan. The Marzipan. This hit was exactly what the Blues needed. I mean, they were already looked like they were doing fairly well, but I feel like the energy in the stadium was like turned up to like 200% now. Place went crazy. The... Flames bench was razzing Dunn the entire time he was getting up. He wasn't having any of it. Also, in this, I forgot to mention, after he hit Marzipan there, uh, Zach Ronaldo, who I thought was not in the league anymore, but apparently is, went over and pretty much started, I don't know if he started really punching Dunn. He roughed him up, and then he kind of landed on him, and then there was a dog pile, and everyone just sat on top of everyone. 
I was surprised that they didn't give Dunn any sort of, kind of like with the Shen hit on uh, Kucherov, I was surprised that Dunn didn't get any sort of weird retaliatory roughing, like, oh, they both roughed each other, uh. and that actually Ronaldo was the one that went back. I think it did help that really Dunn didn't do anything at all to Ronaldo, period. He pretty much just laid down on the ice after this dude, like, body slammed him. And then Ronaldo also is Zach Ronaldo, who's like a big-ass goon. How is he... That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how he's Has here. Has he just been in the league the whole time? He must have been, like, with the Adirondack Heat. Yeah. The Adirondack oh, Phantoms. Sure. And then they were like, hey, you want to come play for us? And they're like, I mean... And he's probably like, yeah, I mean, I can play for your... You know, whoever their mm-hmm. AHL affiliate is. It is the Heat. The Big Birmingham? Ab- Abbotsford? Abbotsford, you're right. But no, I think he's just been in the in the league. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised they just boxed him alone. So we also, I'm shocked he's not. Mm. I I always think he's who's the one. Daniel Carcillo is the one that's all about weed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're the same person. Zach Ronaldo was on Nashville last year and played 23 games there. Oh boy, what I don't do you think? think? So. <laughs> what do you think his highest? Oh, he's had a sixty-seven and a sixty-six. So he never... played. He's played some some seasons, some actual seasons before. Yeah, yikes, Mississauga boy, and Don Cherry's hometown. Now a lot of uh, things are starting yeah, to happen. The, okay, the onion layers are coming back, <laughs> peeling them all back. That's right. But with this power play, the Blues got. With Ronaldo in the box, they scored a goal. David Perron's 10th of the season, assisted by Alex Petrangelo and Braden Shen. This is the only time you'll hear any of these people's names scoring because we're going to go right back to the to same the line, line as yeah. usual. I was going to Chris Pass on the power play, uh, Shen to Petro to Perron for the one timer. It was like very fast. 10, 15 seconds, maybe, mm-hmm. into the power play. Very nice. It was sort of the same, Zach, the same goal Zach Sanford scored. Uh, Left circle there, just kind of, I don't know if they both went to the same area on Riddich. If they have the book on Riddich, uh, they read it because they were scoring on him. That was great. So, third period, two minutes in, 31 seconds. Oscar Sundquist's sixth goal of the season, assisted by Zach Sanford and Robert Thomas. Sundquist fights to get the puck behind from center ice. Thomas forechecks hard on Riddich. Oh, yes, and makes him cough it up. Oh, the good old... The, you know what the old blues would have done? Pre-cut blues, pre-cut blues. Oh, would have botched would have, it. Would have botched it. <laughs> it would have a botched job. Fucking Giordano would have, like, luckily jumped in the way like he was taking a bullet, and, you know, there'd be no goal. But nope. Thomas forechecks hard on Rich and makes him cough it up. Sanford picks it up and races Rich to the front of the net, sets Sunquist up for the one-timer and into the empty net. Perfect. Perfect, uh... Perfect punishment. On Riddich for being so audacious as to think he could play the puck where he's allowed to play the puck in the trapezoid. But you still shouldn't, Dave. You should be in the net. Which was also proven. Uh, Bennington also had a gaff behind the net and got bailed out by. I don't think he made the save. I think one of our defensemen got in the way. But man, it is scary. I don't like goalies out of the net. I know why they do it. I know 99% of the time they're stopping the puck. They're dropping it there for a player. But the 1% of the time that doesn't work, it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Even when it's the other team's goalie. I'm like, oh no, this isn't supposed to be how it works. And yet it was. Blues goal, nine minutes into the third period. So about, what is that, seven minutes later. Vince Dunn. I'm glad Vince Dunn got on the board after that huge hit. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. His fourth of the season. Thomas, assisted by Thomas and Samford. Yet again, relentless on the forecheck. We did have a really good forecheck. Uh, Samford picks the pocket of Monaghan. Back to Thomas. Back to Dunn. 
Down with a vicious shot, 2.3% chance of scoring a money puck. So again, some low score, some low you know chances of scoring from these areas. But Dave Riddich, who started out as big save Dave, not so much by the end. You would think after that recap that the Blues had the better of the play or the better possession, I should say, and uh, they did not. At least not according to the Corsi Four, because they had the majority of the shots actually. Uh, the Flames had 57% of the Corsi, where the Blues only had 42%. Let's see, shots four was 40 for the Flames and 31 for the Blues. Mm -hmm. Good to see the Blues get over 30. Not so great to see us along 40 shots. Great for Jordan Bennington in the sense that he got a 40-save shutout. That's great. I mean, you know, you, with the Blues, you normally see shutouts... Even as far back as Locke and stuff, you'd see shutouts that were like, ah, 18-save shutout because our system is just straight defense and choking the other team out in a boredom. But to see a 40-save shutout, while I don't like the 40 shots mm -hmm. thrown at Bennington, it is great to see that he had a lot of work and he was able to maintain composure and get that shutout. It really did feel like the crowd wanted that shutout, like the team wanted that shutout. Like, we just beat the Flames who were on a six-game losing streak at that point. So really... Not that impressive, but to mm -hmm. score five goals, the most we've scored this whole season, right? At least maybe not with yeah. with no oh, empty yeah. netters, for sure. I think, did we get five with the two empty netters against Evan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I mean, our most certainly our greatest goal differential mm -hmm. in a game. And to also have those jerseys, which I think it helped. I think my opinion of the jerseys helped oh, or was game? raised oh, by yeah, the fact that we won the game so well, so handedly. Um, but yeah, and also have the first shutout of the season for Bennington and of anyone, period. I don't think Allen has one, mm -hmm. right? So th there's just a lot that sort of came together at the end. That was very generous. <laughs> I don't know. He gets shut out sometimes. Sometimes our system chokes the other team out and board them, you know? True. It happens. It does happen. <laughs> it does happen. Hasn't happened this year. Yeah, <laughs> Doesn't. Don't, don't debate it. Yeah, so I mean, it's a really high note to end the week on, I think. Yeah. And, uh... I don't, do you have more to say about our games or the Blues in particular right now? I think for the Blues, I hope to see this scoring trend stay up there. I know you're not always going to be scoring three-plus goals a game. You're going to have to win some tight games. But they've been winning nothing but tight games in the, whatever, three, four, five games prior to these. And it's good to see them scoring a fair amount. It was nice. I mean, it's great to see Robert Thomas excelling at uh, center where he had excelled his entire career before and we decided not to play him there. And now he's there and he looks great. Uh -huh. So keep him there. Also, it was just nice to see Sanford get some goals. That whole oh, line, yeah. what, they have did three great. goals, six assists, nine points for that entire line, three, three six, six, nine. nine. Sorry. I mean, we, we're, we're a clean podcast. We're not going to play that song. No, we, we, we can't play that song. <laughs> yeah. We also don't have the rights to it. That's right. No, but it's never, never stopped, stopped us for anything before, else. But, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. And, and and as much as you could take the Blues down a peg and say, oh, well, the Flames weren't very good this year. And um, Tampa has been playing poorly this year. You know, what's the big deal? It's like, well, A, I'm going to take any sort of win. But B... We, I thought we looked better in these games. I think we had a little more jump in our step, and maybe mm -hmm. it's because we have injuries and we just know that some of these guys have to step up more. You got to play harder. You got to make up for these lost bodies and everything, these lost guys. But it looks like we've stepped up the energy, and mm -hmm. I feel like that should continue. 
because I, we're against Nashville these next two games, and that's a division rival, so you're just going to see our best, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to say it because it's my least favorite three words in sports, but really sort of a next man up mentality, uh, yeah. if you will. I'm always like, it has to be. That's just the rule. They're going to put the other guy in who's not injured. Yeah. I like to think of it more as a next man down mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess that covers most of what we have about the Blues. They've got a two-game series, but not quite a back-to-back home and away, or away and home against I feel like the... they never even do back-to-back like home and aways anymore. I feel like they always put a day yeah, between. Yeah, it happened last year where we did that with the Predators, right? That was part of the 11-gamer. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for the most part. Um, I would say the one thing about the um, game against the Flames that I thought was surprising was the fact that Bill Peters wasn't fired afterwards, mm-hmm. which sets him apart from Mike Babcock. Slow build transition. How'd you feel about it? Pretty good. That was good. Okay. I, okay. I don't think you paid enough respect to my uncle, Bill Peters. <laughs> that's fine. I did use. He's a fine coach, Stephen. Use him as a springboard. Uh, we'll but... be seeing him at Thanksgiving. You will be hearing your comments. <laughs> and you will. You will get a sternly worded email, or as he calls them, electronic mails. <laughs> um, Mike Babcock was fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs this week on Wednesday. Thursday, sometime in the afternoon, Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. It happened. Mm -hmm. You people stop with your specifics. Uh, But um, shocking and not surprising, I would say, that it just happened on an afternoon. And and a road trip, too. Yeah. One of their road trips. Which apparently is a thing that people say you can't do, but they just did. Mm -hmm. So I guess you can. Um, Did they call him a cab? I don't know. Ooh, good question. Uh, now Shani and um, Dubis flew out together to meet him. Which, which <laughs> wow, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Imagine if you're Babcock. This was one of the things Brian Burke talked about uh, on Thirty One Thoughts because he appeared with them to talk about this. And it was like, yeah, one time I was asked to meet with the owner or somebody, you know, in a game, and I walked into the room and. Uh, everyone was kind of staring at the carpet and he was like, I knew I was getting fired. <laughs> He's like, as soon as you get the call that Shanahan and Dubas are flying out to Arizona to meet you, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So, I'm just <laughs> in the suffering. But anyway, um, thoughts on the decision and thoughts on the promotion of Sheldon Keefe. The inevitable, one of the longest, it's like the Jay Bomeister trade. It was happening for so long that by the time it actually happened, I was just like, yeah. I just assumed Like, I was that, excited, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, yeah. Uh, Mike Babcock had to go for this team to figure out what they are. Because, like most coach firings in the NHL, it's always like, we gotta get rid of this guy to subtract the biggest part out to see what we got. It's not unlike the Ken Hitchcock firing. Mm-hmm. More than the Mike Yo firing. Because the Ken Hitchcock firing, I mean, it's actually pretty identical to the Ken Hitchcock <laughs> firing, I think, because Hitchcock was cry. obviously, uh, no, no, he was a man, unlike Doug Armstrong, but... Um, I'm so sorry, Doug, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but also, man up, grow up here, you got hair on your peaches or what? Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hitchcock was an old, seriously respected coach, mm-hmm. all-time great, 
that it just he wears on his players and they just quit on him and it was time to go and he wasn't actually the problem like he wasn't and this is probably true of Mike Babcock. They weren't necessarily doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. but it was just time. And I think that's what happened to Mike Babcock. And if he wants to coach in the NHL next week, he probably will be. And if he wants to wait a year or two, and you know, I would say a strong contender for the Seattle job. Mm-hmm. Now, remember when people were talking about Joel Quinville waiting for that? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And I was right, because I'm smarter than everyone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was just time. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Keefe does, though. They won their first game with him mm-hmm. behind the bench. So Probably much more of a player's coach, as they yeah, say. Yeah, more youth getting bigger roles. Ilya Mikheyev got a, a top-line role, or a second-line role in top minutes. So, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like you can go to every other podcast about hockey in the world to hear that dissected if you really want it dissected but um interesting that it finally happened and i hope they still fail because i really don't like toronto oh by the way i wanted to point this last thing out uh the uh, very humble and self-effacing toronto media is uh <laughs> borne out by the fact that 31 thoughts this week was titled supernova in the center of the hockey universe oh my god <laughs> so you know um just saying uh, <laughs> and those are like those guys actually are pretty humble most of the time they've got lots of time for mike babcock probably uh, all the time in the world but he These doesn't people have so much time he also has all the time in the world uh which uh for the next three games so does garnet hathaway <laughs> nice. uh garnet hathaway uh who i think i think deserves a moment of theme music for having a name like garnet hathaway uh, queerly a character in a Jane Austen novel. So uh, let's say it appropriately. Garnet Hathaway. Hathaway. So Garnet Hathaway, I will not do the rest of the segment in this voice, uh, expectorated... <laughs> <laughs> I believe is the proper scientific way. He spat on a man. Yeah, exactly. Expecto plendron. <laughs> um, but he spat on Eric Goodbranson this week and got a three-game suspension for it. But after Eric Goodbranson managed to sucker punch on him when one referee was pulling apart these two horses of men. Uh, your thoughts on the whole situation and, uh, yeah, you give me your thoughts first. Uh, yeah, we should... And then I will spit on you oh, as a test. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we should probably suspend spitting, because it's just gross. It's and so like, weird. Here's... As much as this, as much as this sport's like, oh, dirty areas, and you can just hit people and punch them in the face it's... and yada yada, it's also like, just don't like spit on Why humans. Why is spitting so different i guess it's just so taboo and i'm not like i agree i'm not like i'm mm. not all about spitting but I'm, like, a, I'm all about spitting <laughs> that's my thing that's my all about chew and spitting <laughs> but like it is so gross and like even even as i say that like why is marshand any different mm. there's still a part of me that's like i don't know why but it is mm. like it doesn't make any sense when he licked a person that's super gross mm. But it's a grossness I can somehow tolerate. Spit is spit. That's supposed I think to... because it's just like shooting at you, you know? I guess like... so. 
it's a projectile attack and not a melee attack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my, my special suit. defense is really low. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a whole weird situation there. Uh, but I think it's it's just important. It's important to know that Garnet Hathaway, who has one of the greatest and most pinky in the air while you're drinking a cup of tea names in the NHL will now forever be known as the spit guy the spit doctor that's his um but yeah that's right he does have a PhD Uh, before we go it's almost American Thanksgiving Uh, so Thanksgiving it's Thanksgiving God's Thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) um but uh just a quick look at the standings maybe talk about any teams you want to you want to mention why don't you tell me the teams we should talk about I do a lot of bossing around on this podcast um the Sabres are in not president's trophy place anymore oh boy uh, the Capitals are. So what do you think? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, so, I mean, we can start. Metro, Washington's on top with uh, 36 points. The New York Islanders Ooh. are second with 33 points. They've played four less games. The New York Islanders are 16-3-1. Holy crap. So they were on a heater. Then they lost a game in overtime, I think. And then, and then they just kept them. winning yeah. afterwards. Aren't they 14-0-1 in their last 15? They are... Uh, Ian, their last... Their first game in this stretch was their game against us. Was it really? On Columbus Day, Ian. Holy I don't even boys. know what the date is for Columbus <laughs> Day, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, they in their last 10, they're 9-0-1. They're 10-2-1 at home. They're 6-1-0 away. They're 2 for on the shootout, so, you know, they've had a few close games. <laughs> But either way, holy cow. Pittsburgh, who uh, hasn't beaten a real team yet, I believe, <laughs> is 12-7-4, and four, and they round out the top three of the Metro. The Atlantic is Boston, of course, because they're still good, uh, with 33 points. I'd... How would you? How much would you hate being the Hurricanes right now, who are a very fine team mm-hmm. and are, like, almost 10 points from first in the division because the Capitals and Islanders mm-hmm. are just gods? I mean, the Capitals have played two more games but still yeah. i was like it's rough it's rough it's rough to break into the metro top three when Lindy really rough perhaps yeah no. no when i thought the atlantic was going to be the rougher division to break into but boston leads it with 33 points florida's got 29 points uh-huh. florida's 12 5 and 5 uh with what goalie Sir, well i mean nobody that's the scary thing oh okay i was like who is their backup goalie uh, James Reimer's gone. Oh, uh, Montembeau, I think, is his name. Okay, well, sure. <laughs> and Montreal, uh, rounding out the top three of the Atlantic, 11-6-5 with 27 points. Uh, and it, it, a team that I wouldn't think would be there if the Lightning or the Leafs were any good anymore. But they are not. So, a team that I wanted to look at, we talked about Toronto... Uh, we talked of uh, Philadelphia's 11-7-4. Philadelphia forever, the redheaded stepchild of just the standings. They're uh, always in the middle. I'm just like, you're not bad. You're not good. But you're not You're not bad. But you're not good. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs talked about 10-10-4. Not great for them. Are the Devils, by the way, going to win the draft lottery? That's what I was going to ask. I was like, you can get through some of these other crap teams. Tampa Bay underneath Ottawa. Ottawa 11-11-1. Jeff and I talked about this yesterday. You're Ottawa. You're eleven, eleven, and one. You're not a good. You're, you're not a good team. You're. I mean, objectively, you're not a good team. Uh huh. 
but you're more fun than you've ever been recently. Uh-huh. And you're also a lot, that's 11-11-1, a lot better than you used to be. Huh. It's a, I think it, I think this is, this, is a fun, this is a fun year for them. Oh, for sure. This is a fun year for Ottawa. Good yeah. for them. I'm, I've, I smile upon Ottawa. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that they're having a season that they can actually look at and be like, you know what, we're not going to make the playoffs, but shit, it's going to be fun. We got young players. We don't have to worry about finishing dead last. We don't have to pray for it, you know. Good for us. And they're yeah. above the lightning. Or yeah. 22 points. They have a chance, an outside chance, at their pick being better than the pick the Sharks gave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how many points they had? 22? Yeah. So yeah, not even that outside a chance. That's a good chance. That's insane. I would have never thought that coming into the season. I mean, I wasn't really high on the Sharks, but still, I was like, I still think Ottawa's going to be finishing lower than you. Columbus, 9-8-4, what do you expect? The Flames have less than a point per game. Mm-hmm. Like a standings point. Yikes. Yeah. Why is Bill Peters still there? I don't Why know. Why is Uncle Bill Peters still there? I was like, bottom of the East real quick, just is Rangers, New Jersey, Detroit. New Jersey, we've talked about seven wins. I'm surprised there are seven wins. Seven, ten, and four. Detroit, you know, is just going to suck. They're, they're trying to. The New York Rangers, again... Nine, nine, and two. So they haven't played as many games as some of these other teams have. Um, they might be better than that. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're, and I think right now they're better than they thought they were going to be. Capocacco is looking better. Panarin's doing decent there. They are better than who we thought they yeah. were. <laughs> but really, the East. Who gives a shit about the East? It's all about the West, baby. Can we talk about how uh, bad the Los Angeles Kings are? I mean, yeah, they're terrible. I thought they were, like, bad. Hmm. But they're bad. Mm. They should, <laughs> if you're not, Drew, if your name is not Drew Dowdy or Anze Kopitar, and you have any value on that team, you should just be traded. That's yeah. all they need. I don't know what their, I don't know what draft picks they currently have. I mean, they probably have all their own, but I don't know if they've stockpiled any other ones. But they should, especially with this draft. This is supposed to be a deep ass draft. They're all supposed to be. I know, but that's they, but they tell me this particular. one is. They keep telling me this one is, though. I know. I know we won't. say that every year, but this year yeah, it's true. This, this, year, it's true. this, this year it's one true. This one it is. Oh, man. Scott Perunovich had a four-point night tonight. I keep kind of forgetting he's... Uh... Oh, that we have him? Yeah. Well, for this year, right? Because if, if we don't bring him up and sign him, then he's like a back-in-the-free-agent boy, yeah. This is hilarious. Can I just a totally random screenshot someone showed me of NBC Sports Philadelphia has a picture of Morgan Frost acquired but with the pick we surrendered in the Braden Shintra, uh, who I guess got his second goal in his second NHL game uh-huh. today. And it says, or maybe his third in his third. And on his little Chiron thing under his under his face where it says, yeah. this is Morgan Frost. This is who he is. It says, NHL all-time leader in goals per game with one. Number two, Mike Bossy, 0.76. Number three, Mario Lemieux, 0.75. And then under that in yellow, it says, save your sample size comments. <laughs> I love it. I love we it. Lo- we lost the brain chen trade. <laughs> we need more sass in the world. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we can go through the central, but well, actually, we'll go through the Pacific real quick. Edmonton still... Uh, I just want to say on a heater, but maybe they're just good. And just kidding, it's just 
Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Yeah, there are two players on that team that are are gods among mm-hmm. men, and then there's the rest of the team. Arizona. There. Here's the thing that's insane mm-hmm. about the about the Oilers. There is no one else on that team who I would even want. You wouldn't want the real deal, James Neal. Not on his contract. No, I wouldn't. I'm just. If you, I mean, if you said, "Here's James Neal for two million bucks this season," sure. Jujar Kara, I like him as like a bottom six body. And as a a name, he's like a wheel of bodies guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe like I'd go for one of their defensemen, but that's like it. Yeah. Oh, R and H, I guess, obviously, but like other than and and what about Darnell Nurse? uh, Yeah, that's the one of their defensemen I'd pilfer, but. You know, his sister. Yeah. She's, she's an athlete, too. Um, I was like, Arizona's surprisingly 13-8-2, 28 points, second in the Pacific. Uh, I hope they stay there. I hope they make the playoffs. I want to see a bunch of new blood in the playoffs. Mm. The Canucks could be new old blood with 26 points. Someone told me they weren't doing so hot recently. They are 3-5-2 and two in the last 10. They might be falling out, but I don't know who's going to replace them. Because that division sucks. I don't know why the Golden Knights are scuffling quite as much as they are. Uh, can we talk about the Predators losing their last six games and falling to second to last in the division? Yes. Yeah, so they're one point ahead of the Wild. Ian. I was going to say the bottom. The Los Angeles is the bottom. The bottom of yes. the Western Conference, but the second, third, and fourth from last teams are the Minnesota Wild, the Nashville Predators, and the Chicago Blackhawks. And you just, you just, you hate to see it you You'd really hate to do. see it You're man right. what ha- what the fuck happened <laughs> so wait a second so the black the the predators broke the blackhawks mm-hmm. when they swept i like i like to think we broke the blackhawks when we beat them in game seven was that the year before yeah okay i like to think we broke the blackhawks. we started yeah i mean we sort of started they were like it. huh Oh, we are mortal. We are fallible. Okay, and then let's, they, let's, let's ruminate on this. And, and then, then they got swept, four, and it was like... Oh. The worst part, of that, or the best part of that sweep, really. In four games, was, they scored three goals. Was the Panarin trade after the sweep? That was, right? Because they pivoted hard after the sweep. I think it was. Yeah, I think you That wasn't right. after our year. Um, but then what What happened to the Prince? Is Rene old? Does he have super bad stats? I'll look that up. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on with them. Because they've got... I can't remember his name now. No, they have ahead. Duchesne. They got Duchesne over there. Yeah. They put him in there. They got they got decent center depth. They oh. should have decent scoring. Yeah, it's Pekka Rene. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He uh, is 4-2-2 two, two with a 889 oh. save percentage and a 303 goals against average. Uh-oh. He has a minus 6.5 goals saved above average after his 12.5 last season and his 27 the season before when he won the Vesna Trophy. So maybe Father Time finally caught up with Pekka Rene, who turned 37 on November 3rd. Uh, but I thought Saros was supposed to be the real deal. So let's look up him. And it's worse. It is worse. <laughs> one five and one. Three thirty-four. Eight eighty-eight. Oh man. But the question you have to ask is, is that because they're bad? Or is that because the defense has fallen apart? The defense well, you know, the te- the part of the team that you're paying like five gajillion dollars over the next year. That this is the fun thing. They don't have a road back from here to the cup. 
for like a decade. They're just done. And I know it's it's a quarter of a season, mm-hmm. but this they're a lot like the Sharks where it's like, if we're going to do it, we got to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. You know, what it, you know what it could be? I'm just throwing it out there. Could be locker room cancer, mm. Matt Duchesne. <laughs> I don't know, but I was not going to cast blame, but... I thought uh, you were say Roman Yossi. I was like, I think be. that guy's got a big mouth. This team, let's see for a second. $8 million to Ryan Johansson through 2025. Mm-hmm. Woof. Ryan Johansson is not an $8 million player. He's not a $7 million player. He might be a $6 million player. <laughs> Is he good? Ryan Johansson's not good, is he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Fantasy-wise, I know he's not very good. Let's look at this. I'm sorry. This We've, we've gotten sidetracked, but this is our last thing. So if you don't want to hear it, just turn it off. You already have. Um, he's good at Corsi 4, 54%. He's got 15 points in 21 games. I don't know. Maybe he's fine. I just don't think he's a number one center. Isn't that what Matt Duchesne is? I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess. But the fact of the matter is, you had eight million dollars. But you had to go out and get Matt Duchesne because because the, Ryan Johansson wasn't yeah. the number one center. You're like a one B. Well, am I on the one B line? No, you're on the second line. <laughs> yeah, let's call it one B. Philip Forsberg, six million for the next three years. That's fine. Kyle Turris, mm. six million through twenty twenty four. Ooh. Yikes! They lose Granlin and Craig Smith. That's almost uh, that's is ten million dollars this season. That weird ass Victor Arvidsson deal. That weirder ass Colton Sissons deal. But then yeah, Ra- Ryan Ellis six point two five million through twenty twenty five. Roman Yossi nine million through twenty twenty five, uh, and Matthias Ekholm three point seven five through twenty twenty two. So on the subject of that Roman Yossi contract, let's close with a blues discussion. Should we let Alex Petrangelo walk? Uh, no, actually, let's talk about that for a minute because we can close on something, boys. Um, I'm not actually no, I'm not actually saying should we let Alex Petrangelo walk, but haven't yes. heard much <laughs> lately. How are you feeling about that? Because I'm starting. I don't know if worry is the right word. I'm more. I'm more intrigued because I'm not. I'm not personally in a panic if mm. Alex Petrangelo leaves. I don't think it's the best move for us right now. But I'm a little, I'm a little panicked if that, if he leaves, if he leaves, I'm a little, if he just walks, it's a, I think that's a terrible oh, that's decision. A, oh, that's fucking awful. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be, it would be bad. We wouldn't be the same team, but where are you at with that? You still think it gets done? I do. I'm still at my 75%. I think it gets done. Okay. If Fair enough. December, I'm calm. I'm calm all December with it not getting done. January, I'm like, mm, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear something. I like to hear, oh, they're talking. Good enough for me. February, it's not done at all in February. Uh, yeah. Or like, it's not done in January, beginning of February. Uh, I'm worried. I'm very much worried. Uh, I will close with this quote from Flames General Manager Brad Treliving in this whiplash of a final 30 minutes. Brad Treliving said uh, to Wes Gilbertson today, uh, it starts, uh, he said, everyone needs to be accountable for struggles, saying, it starts with the manager. The manager has been horseshit. So he combined 
all of the greatest quotes of the past year and a half of hockey from my job should be in question <laughs> to I'll always bet on Mike Babcock to Jim Lights' horseshit diatribe and just made him one thing. So um, it's an interesting time in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we'll be back. Yeah, I'm not we sure. May, we will be. We Next Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I'm also going to probably have a niece in the next week. So, which requires very little effort for me. But I gotta, you know, I mean, it's a big deal. It's stuff. the biggest deal for you, really. Yeah, that's right. That I'm really the hero of the story. <laughs> but um, so it could be a chaotic week, and there's a, a slim chance that nothing happens mm-hmm. recording wise next week. Um, but maybe we'll try to do an Erlov, but you're back gone till Tuesday. So we'll try and figure it out. We'll keep mm-hmm. you posted on Twitter. If need be, I can do a solo or something and just talk at you people for a while. But uh, we'll You get... said you people twice this episode. Oh, Folks, boy. he's fired. <laughs> oh, yep. That's right. Uh, so until next time when uh, Ian co-hosts with Ron McQuain, uh, <laughs> we love all of you. A happy Thanksgiving yeah, happy if Thanksgiving. we don't talk. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Gobble gobble. Aloha. <laughs>